Promotional consideration for Growing Greater Philadelphia provided by Drexel University, the General Building Contractors Association, and Independence Blue Cross. This is the Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast, bringing you more of the interviews and stories from the Growing Greater Philadelphia radio program. Now, here's Matt Cabry. Welcome in, everybody, to the next exciting edition of Growing Greater Philadelphia. My name's Matt Cabry, and I'm privileged to lead Select Greater Philadelphia, the organization that brings you these episodes that showcase growth and economic development in our 11-county neighborhood of northern Delaware, southern New Jersey, and southeastern Pennsylvania. And one of the reasons I'm really excited to be bringing you this program today is because it's about a novel program called Health Share Exchange. And we're being joined today here in our studios by two great leaders, Independence Blue Cross's Dr. Richard Schneider. Rich, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here. And uh, the leader of Health Share Exchange today, Marty Lupinetti. Great to be here. Thank Marty, you. My pleasure. Thanks for being here. So take us back to those early conversations of the team is trying to figure out a solution to a problem. What is the problem that HealthShare Exchange is focused on? So HealthShare Exchange intended to solve a problem that we recognized uh, here in Philadelphia, a city with phenomenal academic medical facilities, training capacity, an enormous number of specialties, specialty centers of excellence. And yet, many of our members at Independence Blue Cross with chronic illnesses are getting care in multiple systems. Hmm. And they may have a heart doctor at the University of Pennsylvania, they may have a, a lung doctor at Temple University, and their liver specialist might be at Jefferson. And The sad part is that the electronic medical records that the clinical records are housed in do not talk to each other. So we have recognized for a long time at Independence Blue Cross that half of all readmissions are at a different hospital than the incident admission, and many patients get care in multiple systems. But the records do not reflect all that could be known about them. So Health Share Exchange was created to solve that problem by linking medical records and payer records from insurance companies to provide a 360-degree view of a patient to the treating physician at the point of care. So is this something that is kind of universally recognized, or was it specific to Independence Blue Cross and other health insurers who have access to data from multiple sources? Or is it something that the healthcare industry, if you will, hospital leaders and other kinds of providers also recognize? A lot of people recognized the problem. Not many people understood exactly what we had to do to fix the problem. Gotcha. So payers, think of payers as having very broad, but typically shallow data. We know everything that a patient is getting done for which a claim was submitted for payment. Gotcha. On the flip side, a physician or a hospital has very deep records about the care that they have provided to that patient. But if you're not bringing them together in one place, you're only seeing a piece of the care that a patient is getting. And if you wonder why medical errors and harm brought on by the healthcare delivery system happens, it's because we make decisions to treat somebody in a vacuum without knowing the rest of the story. Right. So what I think happened with you and your team at Independence Blue Cross 
is you're sitting around a table and you're trying to figure out potential solutions. And one of the quintessential things that I love about Philadelphia and greater Philadelphia in general is we are collaborators. We're also innovators, but I love the fact that we think about, well, how do we solve this and how do we include other people? And it sounds like that's a process that you and your team went through with independence. That's right. I mean, we've long had close working relationship with uh, the health systems in Philadelphia and, and provider organizations in Philadelphia. Working together on improving quality of the way that healthcare is delivered through, for example, the Healthcare Improvement Foundation, longstanding relationship there. So we're very accustomed to working with the provider community. And I think, you know, as we were trying to incentivize the provider community to transform the way care is delivered, the thing we kept coming back to is a physician needs to have all the available information about a patient in order to provide the highest quality yep. and best coordinated care. And so we did. We got together with health systems and a couple of payers, AmeriHealth Caritas, which is our Medicaid plan, and Health Partners, which also is a Medicaid plan here in, in Philadelphia. Yep. And in a room with providers and, and payers, we sat around and we tried to figure out how could we exchange information much more efficiently with each other and leverage the relationships that we each have with our members and our patients. Gotcha. And Marty, were you one of the folks around the table at that time? So I, I was originally part of this as a consultant. Okay. And of course, we have to have consultants. Yeah, right, right, right. No to meetings start, complete. That's right. <laughs> so to start to uh, build out a business plan, we needed to think about sustainability financially. How are we going to stand up the uh, technology, the the staffing around this, and so forth? So we built that plan. We shopped that plan and initially got some state and CMS grants that really enabled us to have funding to really launch the effort. And just to underscore Rich's comment about collaboration, just an amazing collaborative effort yeah. this was. Very unique across the country to really have health plans, providers that compete in this marketplace coming together, right. sharing ideas, sharing ways to really expose the data in a better way, make it more actionable for the provider, really all centered on the patient and what gives better patient outcomes. So pretty amazing to see. And there are many folks that volunteer time to this effort. I yep. think at last count, it's about 220 plus people that are involved in this organization at some shape or size, whether they're part of a committee or they they volunteer to help in a privacy matter or whatever it might be, they're involved in really clinically trying to look at this to make it the best it can be. Wow, that's impressive. And, and I do love the fact that organizations who all share a common theme of helping people, really, at the end of the day, that's what healthcare providers are all doing, including folks at Independence Blue Cross, whether you know, people look at it as a payer, it's really a continuity of care in order to help people live better right. lives. But coming back to that point, Marty, talk about those early days and how the health share exchange has evolved. So this market, ironically, did not jump in this game as an early adopter, right? Many uh, HIEs across the country, and this takes a variety of shapes and sizes given state, given geography, given 
the type of players that are involved in that market, this market decided to wait and really see hmm. kind of how the rest of the country sort of evolved and and supported this this effort. And really, to our benefit, we got a, a lot of lessons learned from a variety of states and initiatives across the country. That's one benefit of kind of waiting a little bit Absolutely. and seeing how this plays out. Absolutely. And we were able to start much smaller and try some things, prove them out, and then add service and capability on top of that. So it really gave us a a, uh, a great way to kind of move this to the level of trust, if you will, among the community. Right. And grow it to scale at your pace. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this might sound like a really basic question. And, and Rich, I want to turn to you with this because, um, you know, healthcare in general can be overwhelming for a lot of people. But how do you describe in, you know, really basic terms what a health share exchange is? And in this case, what is the greater Philadelphia, southeastern Pennsylvania health share exchange to, to the average person? Right. So, if you think about the internet and your ability to, to go out there and search for information and find it for whatever question you want to ask, mm-hmm. that's not available in healthcare. It's increasingly becoming available in healthcare as, as entities like HealthShare Exchange start to, to patch together and link the, the sources of information, the, the repositories of information inside electronic medical records. But realistically, when you go to the doctor, you would think that they know what your specialist, what your hospital has prescribed, right. and and what tests have been done and what the results are in actuality in the past, that didn't happen. Right. There's no linkage. There's no linkage. And, and patients perpetually are frustrated with the fact that they get to the doctor and the doctor doesn't even know why they were in the hospital. Right. Or, you know, you get to your consultant, to your specialist, and mm-hmm. they haven't received the records from your primary care physician. So this was by design a very different kind of health information exchange in that we wanted to leverage the knowledge that we as a payer have. We know who all of your physicians are and what hospitals you go to because we've received claims from them. The hospitals, if they send a record to HealthShare, we match it up, say, wow, the patient's uh, primary care physician is John Smith. Let's send a copy to John Smith. Right. And let's send a copy to the insurance company because that way they can pass it along to the other providers. Try right. to patch this together to make it a, a much more cohesive experience for a patient. It sounds really logical. Uh, <laughs> it does sound logical. You'd expect and it's, your bank. It's, it's kind of surprising that it didn't exist before independence right. and, and the teams got together to work on this in a unified way. I, I would also suspect, and this just struck me, that from a safety protocol, there has to be benefits to this, when, especially when dispensing different kinds of medications. Absolutely. You want to know that a patient has, is not already taking a drug in the same class right? because you get cumulative effects from some of these drugs or very contraindications uh, to taking certain drugs yeah. together. And depending on their particular condition or situation, they may not be able to communicate that to you. And even if they can, they may not know the nuance and the difference between certain kinds of interactions or, or uh, efficacy of different kinds of medicines. That's right. right. So yeah. the, uh, very typically, physicians don't know everything that a patient's taking. We yeah. often ask patients to bring a brown bag, put all their meds in it, and bring it to the, the office so you can sort through them and say, don't take this, take that. But in reality, a lot of times, physicians don't understand everything that a patient's taking. And, you know, to to kind of expound on what what I said earlier, you would expect when you go to an ATM machine in Paris because you're out of cash to get money out, 
that your bank will communicate that you know the funds will be removed from your account, the balances will be adjusted, right? And when you get home, you can see that in your records. That doesn't happen in healthcare. Yeah. It just doesn't. Right. I mean, it's, right. it's even with HealthShare, it's regional. It's this region. All right. of the hospitals in this region are interested in and participating. However, electronic medical records are at different states of development. So right. we have to wait sometimes for hospitals or providers to upgrade or update their electronic medical record in, in order to be able to send us meaningful information. So there's a lot of challenges, yeah. and it takes time. That's why we're five years in and yeah. and still growing. Yeah, you know, and, right. and I want to come back to that regional part in a minute, but go ahead, Marty. Sorry. I, I wanted to emphasize the word information and right. health information exchange because we really – we really are a data aggregator and data broker of information, right? We're trying to move data where it needs to be at the right time, at the right place, right. to really enable better care and make it actionable at the point of care. And that's really our, our mission, quite honestly, is to enable that. Just to give you a sense of a few vitals, we today have about 7 million patients in our repository okay. today. You need wow. patients. Yep. From all over the country that have seeked care in this region, it's pretty right. incredible. We also are able to, for about 3.5 million patients, track their whereabouts within the healthcare ecosystem of this market. So we know where they're admitted, where they're discharged, when they're admitted to an ED and a high cost of care. Right. We know that and can get that to the right people to help intervene and better care for that patient at that time. Right. Right. So it's it's really becoming a asset, and I I kind of refer to this and joke to Rich that I want to drop the HIE vernacular a bit and kind of move to we're really a collaboration and innovation platform right. around healthcare. So in that spirit, Marty, for for those who may not be as familiar, what is HIE again? How do you describe so, HIE? So it's really a way of brokering data, aggregating and brokering data, and right, moving right. it to where and, it needs to be. And that's great. I love that description. But it's health exchange so, so. information. Health Health so, information exchange, very H-I-E. different from yeah. the health insurance exchange. Yes. Right, yes. And, right. And, and a, a, maybe an example. Uh, in Philadelphia, given our architecture, the way we've set it up, when you show up in an emergency room, within seconds, HealthShare receives a signal mm-hmm. that you're in the emergency room. We can now patch that signal, reach out to Independence Blue Cross, Mm -hmm. and grab up to four years of clinical history, including every doctor you've seen, your lab results, the meds you're taking, uh, your diagnoses, et cetera, and pass that right back to the emergency room doctor so they have a lot more information when they're seeing you. And we'll make a much better diagnosis and treatment plan for you. That's, one, incredible, that's possible, but two, it's also inspiring to know that technology is allowing us to do that as well. And then to our point a little while ago, it almost makes so much sense. I mean, why wouldn't we be able to do that in this day and age? Absolutely. And and Marty, you may have touched on this already, but I did want to come back. You know, some describe the health share exchange as the nation's only health information exchange in a major metropolitan area like southeastern Pennsylvania or greater Philadelphia that's really designed as to your point earlier as a collaboration Uh, and it's between insurers and medical providers at hospitals around the region how does that compare to other parts of the country I suspect this is happening elsewhere but just not in the mass that you described it, it does and it's happening everywhere in various degrees of adoption and use but in this market the level level of participation from providers as well as plans is really unprecedented. 
Yes, there are health plans involved in other health information exchanges, other parts of the country, not to this level where they are, health plans are contributing data, they're contributing financially and receiving value back from the exchange right. as are providers. So everyone shares in financially sustaining it and getting value back. We have a, a saying as folks kind of come into the ecosystem and sign the contract that you've got to get data to get value. Right. So greater data, greater value coming right. back. Right. So as a follow-up to that, this might be a silly question, but why wouldn't a healthcare organization, a hospital or a clinic of some sort, why wouldn't they want to participate in something like this? You know, is, that, it, is that a weird question? It, it is not. No. And we have many organizations that have hesitated or questioned the value or is this really what I want to get in and share my data with until we give them a sense of the value of that and right. how you can use the data to benefit your own entity, but also the, the patients you serve. So. Yeah. That I think it's really experiencing the and believing and trusting that the value of the data is incredible yeah. to have access yeah. to. Yeah. And Rich, in the spirit of regionalism, if you will, and I mentioned earlier that we cover and consider Greater Philadelphia to really be an 11-county neighborhood, Newcastle County in northern Delaware, five counties in southeastern Pennsylvania, and five counties in southern New Jersey. And I recognize that the, the health share exchange that Independence and the team have put together really seems to only be covering the five-county area of southeastern Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Is that expanding or is that how it started? And is it going over to New Jersey and into Delaware these days? It started here, yeah. but it is rapidly expanding. Great. And, you know, we have our connections into New Jersey now, and I'll let Marty speak to that. But the reality is, as you indicated, that cross-state line health care is pretty routine. Right. Lots of people live in New Jersey, work here, have physicians here, and vice versa. And so we see a tremendous number of claims for care that's provided on the opposite side of the river from where you live or where you work. And so it is important that we link all those data points together. And and I'll let Marty talk about Delaware and, and, and yeah, New Jersey and which great. systems, but you know, with yeah. the consolidation of health systems, and, yeah. it's it's accelerating. That's that. exactly what I was thinking. We have Jefferson partnering or acquiring institutions in southern New Jersey, and that's changing the dynamic probably faster. And Penn with Princeton, yeah, that's same right. Thing. That's right. That, that has really driven our activity, quite honestly, in New Jersey is the merger acquisitions of some of our members moving into that territory. Half of our team at HealthShare lives in New Jersey, so they have a vested interest to want to really start to share across state lines. The other half lives in Pennsylvania here. But there are a couple different sort of flavors of sharing that are going on in the community and across state lines. There are other HIEs that we're trying to connect to. There's other individual health systems and health providers and, quite honestly, health plans that are based in New Jersey that we want to be part of this ecosystem. Mm -hmm. There's also a national exchange that the federal government is promoting to share across nationally. And there's some states that have statewide exchanges. So we're yeah. we're sort of playing at all these levels to kind of ensure the data is moving where it needs to be at the right place, right time. Right. So that's Marty Lupinetti. Marty leads HealthShare Exchange. And we're joined uh, today by uh, another colleague named Dr. Richard Snyder. Rich is the chief medical officer at Independence Blue Cross. And Rich, my question for you is, you guys have made a lot of progress over a short period of time, at least from my perspective. What's next? Is this going to go, and is it possible to really get into a national or super regional kind of approach? 
Well, as you know, our organization stands for human-centric innovation and putting our members at the center of the healthcare delivery system or the ecosystem. And as part of that, we do want to empower the data that we have at HealthShare in different and meaningful ways for people, people mm-hmm. who use the healthcare delivery system. So Mar- I'll let Marty talk a little more about Market Street, which is the embodiment of that. But realistically, there are a lot of companies who want to get in and use their tools to make the data that sits at HealthShare Exchange more accessible, more usable for the consumer, for the patient, for yep. the for the uh, maybe the provider who's helping a patient. Right. Great. Yeah. If you think about it, as we've ag- aggregated more and more data, I mentioned the seven million patients and growing every day. That data becomes very valuable for a variety of uses. So the next sort of uh, set of services we want to move into is population health, right? Mm -hmm. How do we look at a population and look at certain chronic conditions across that population and really help to troubleshoot and care for that population in some way? So we have data to support that. To Rich's point about Market Street, it's now engaging the consumer, right? We feel we've got three legs of the stool. We've got provider, we've got plan, Mm -hmm. and now we want the consumer part of this equation as well. So how do we engage the consumer directly to their data? Not everyone else's data, but just your or my data. How do we want to use that data in support of a particular app or some some way of helping our healthcare personally? So that's kind of the direction we're heading. Not a band Abandoning the HIE, but kind of augmenting that, looking at pop health and then consumer-directed value. Yeah, and that makes sense. There's, there's another, uh, I think, very unique capability that HealthShare has built. And again, it's in the spirit of collaboration. All of the hospitals and the payers have worked to do this, to develop this. With the Pope visiting Philadelphia Mm-hmm. Back and, in 2015. Yeah, yeah. 2015. Yeah. We were concerned with the the massive number of people that were going to descend on Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. What if? What if there's an incident? What if there is – how are we going to know where patients are? How would we help to reunify a family who right. comes in to visit a, an ill family member? Right. And we actually built the capability, demonstrated that we could exchange records with the Vatican, if we need to, right. demonstrated that we can together as HealthShare Exchange understand immediately where anyone is in the in the healthcare ecosystem here in Philadelphia, so that we could help assist families in getting back together with family and loved ones. Wow, that's and, really and, impressive. And so we've turned that capability on for all of the major events that we've had here for the DNC, you know, for the papal visit. And for, um, for the uh, NFL, the, the NFL draft victory and, and the victory yeah, parade. Yes. But, but what's really intriguing about that example, Rich, is guests who are coming here from around the world for the papal visit and for the DNC convention in 2016, they're not from here. Right. So right. I, I would think there's a different layer of data that needs to be gathered from the common naive, <laughs> you know, or just a new person who's entering into the system. Right. right. That's right. Yeah. And, and we have the capability to exchange internationally. There are standards in, in other countries okay. as well for exchanging information. 
we can do that. It, yeah. it's it's not quite as easy as it is with uh, within the region and within uh, you know our state, for right. example, has has a way for us to exchange records with other parts of the state. Right. And I want to shift slightly to um, something, Marty, that you had mentioned a moment ago. And I guess I'm I'm venturing into preventive care as much as uh, coalition coalition of uh, of data, if you mm-hmm. will. It struck me that uh, misuse, abuse, and diversion of scheduled medicines, opioids, not only in Philadelphia, but many regions of the country are challenged with these opioid addictions. Does a system like this provide some sort of intervention or at least some awareness around prescribing habits for certain individuals? So it absolutely looks at high utilizers. It looks at conditions of patients that we can sort of filter on very specific dependency codes, poisoning codes, and things that show up in EDs that we can get a sense of the volume and frequency of those patients. So the city and other workforces can apply support and resources to those parts of the city. We actually uh, are working with the city uh, Department of Public Health to really help with surveillance of opioid abuse across the city. In fact, Rich and I started a task force within our board to really focus on other ways health share exchange can really use the data in support of this crisis because mm. it is a mounting crisis, very serious problem, and we think we have an asset that could be uh, very useful in, and, and in this unique. Regard. Absolutely, yep. yeah. And Rich, my question for you is: What's next? What's next for an initiative like this? Well. We think that we've added a lot of value for our members. They may not always realize that a physician who's seeing them in the emergency room has access to records that they didn't have in the past. But one of the things that we are trying to do is to encourage other payers to also come in and add their data to HealthShare Exchange and utilize these same capabilities. Because a citizen in Philadelphia it doesn't always have independence blue cross coverage they may bounce between you know independence and another payer sure but they're continually building medical records in different ecosystems within the city and it would be nice if all that data was together that's how the city is going to get the best value out of health share exchange. And Marty, I'm curious, is there a success story that stands out for you in terms of a provider who credits the health share exchange or a family member or a, even a patient directly who says, if it wasn't for this, I may not have had the same kind of experience or outcome? So the first uh, part of your question, I guess where I see this going, and it's along the same lines as what Rich just expressed, um, and we're calling it HSX 3.0. It's kind of like the next iteration of health share exchange, but it's really taking all the assets that we've developed. We have a legal framework with all this community to allow the data to flow. We have point-to-point connections to about 11,000 providers. We have the data of 7 million patients. How do you deploy those assets in a way to innovate, collaborate, and solve a problem in healthcare? And Mm -hmm. that's that's the way we want to deploy the asset. Mm -hmm. Next is look at the set of tools and deploy it in the way that you think you need it to solve the next problem. Yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. That's what we're calling HSX 3.0. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, as far as stories, yeah. um, you know, it's very interesting. There are many, many examples 
of different interventions that uh, occurred because of this data. There have been many patients, and we've tried to, and I know we've uh, talked about really trying to focus on very specific patient and case studies. Mm -hmm. It's a little bit challenging to do that, given some of the entities don't want to be part of the conversation because maybe it wasn't occurring properly in the beginning. Now the data is flowing, and it's better. Yeah, and they're sensitive Um, around that. They're they're sensitive, but Mm -hmm. I think everyone in the community, and it shows the amount of participation and involvement and support of this, they're seeing more and more value. So we are working on more specific case studies, but that's the challenge. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to go back to 2012, 2013 or so time frame. And and Rich, when you and the team were sitting around the table trying to come up with a solution to these problems, I I recognize that there's a little bit of a public-private partnership here. So there were some grant dollars that were provided, but there's also some funding that comes from the health organizations, the the hospitals and the medical groups that participate. So the business model seems to make sense that today folks contribute to that in order to be part of the the health share exchange. But it started out really with others who shared your vision of solving this problem. And if you could talk about that a little bit, that would be helpful. Sure. Naturally, when you're trying to start a new enterprise, uh, everybody's looking for the business case that's going to sustain it over time. And I think uh, we turned to data. We looked at the experience of other HIEs. We looked at the value of information and taking care of patients, understanding what causes readmissions, why do patients get sick after they've left the hospital and end up back in the hospital. And amazingly, a high proportion of readmissions have something to do with not taking your medication properly, Mm. taking too much, not taking enough, or taking it at the wrong time, et cetera. And so it was fairly easy for us to patch together reasons why exchanging information would lead to better clinical outcomes. Mm -hmm. As I mentioned, the Healthcare Improvement Foundation for a long time has annually worked on projects to improve the quality of care. And they were involved at the very beginning with HealthShare Exchange. The leadership at the Healthcare Improvement Foundation was involved with a focus on improving quality, improving the experience for patients who get frustrated when they show up at a hospital and they they keep getting asked the same questions over and over and over again about their history. So we, we realized that the people who were most likely and most capable of funding this would be the payers and the hospital systems. Individual physicians do not have the resources to invest in building something like this. So separate and apart from the grant funding, which has been perhaps less important today than in the, at the beginning, we agreed from the start that the payers, in Independence Blue Cross, AmeriHealth Caritas, and Health Partners, would shoulder two-thirds of the cost hmm. based on our membership, right. right? And the hospital systems would cover the other third right. that wasn't covered by grants. Right. And to this day, that's the, the formula that, we're, that okay. we use. Yeah. So, you know, and, and we've structured the partnership and our bylaws to encourage collaboration and not let one party or the other drive this organization in a direction that the community doesn't feel is good. It sounds like it's a real winning formula for everybody. Uh, it is. The providers, the, the payers, and most importantly, the patient and their family who are, who are looking to have better health outcomes. That's right. And, yeah. And you and, navigate, you know, HIPAA laws and state super protected information laws that preclude the sharing of information for certain reasons. So we've had to navigate that and build a system that that really takes into account both Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Delaware laws, as well as the federal laws that 
prevent certain kinds of data sharing. Right. So it's been a lift. It's been a journey. But, you know, I'll tell you what, the team and many of the board members have been here for a long time. You know, I've been board chair over and over again as as we go through this journey. (laughs) Right. And uh, everybody steps up. Everybody's interested because I think we've gotten past the notion that we're giving information to our competitors that could be used against us. Right. We now know that the value is greater if you give, you get more back. Right. And and that's good for patient care. And that's good for even being known as a high-quality provider. And yeah, you're able totally. to do that, yeah. right? We also yeah. learned early on, to Rich's point, that as we looked at our sustainability model, we really needed a model that didn't preclude use of the of the services, right? right. So we we really focused in on HIE models, right? I said we were a late adopter to the HIE kind of landscape. Many of the HIEs had transactional kinds of sustainability models based on the number of clicks or the number of uses of the right. of the service. We decided not to go in that direction. Gotcha. We wanted to do an annual subscription fee, unlimited use of the service. To Rich's point, grants were critical in the beginning to give us some cash flow to really stand up the infrastructure. Each year, we have managed down the dependency of grants. I'm proud to say today right. we are grant independent. That's great. But at the same time, yeah. thank you. But at the same, a lot of work from many involved in that. But at the same time, we aggressively go after grants. When sure. they're available, we'll go after them, but sure. we're not dependent yeah, on them. Yeah, that makes a big difference. And, you know, the other thing that stands out for me that really underscores the importance of this, and Rich, you had mentioned this early on in our conversation, but I think most people would be surprised to, to learn that up to 50% of patients who have been admitted into a hospital find themselves being readmitted into a different hospital within 30 days. You know, that's a really interesting fun fact, I guess, that you call it in the industry, that the average observer would probably be really surprised to hear and appreciate. Yeah, not really, because if you think about it, in a fairly confined area here in southeastern Pennsylvania, Patients may drive from North Philadelphia to a center city hospital to have a procedure done. Okay. But at night, when they get sick and, and they call an 911, yep. the, the ambulance will take them to the closest hospital. Yeah, Not necessarily gotcha. where they want to go, right. but to the closest hospital. Okay. And so this allows for information to be brought to that emergency room yep. or that surgeon or physician who's admitting the patient. Yeah so that they can make better informed decisions about how to treat that patient. When you describe it that way, it makes perfect sense, Rich. And that's why you're the doctor. (laughs) (laughs) To me, it was surprising because I I have been in situations where we have more of ability to say, that's where we want to go. That's the hospital we go to all the time. So why else would we go anywhere else? But to your point, you don't always have that control. That's right. Yeah, that's that's really important. I think it's important also to say that we've been talking about hospitals and we've been talking about physicians a little bit and payers But the goal here is not to stop there. And in fact, today, we have a lot more of the ecosystem connected to HealthShare than we have talked about here today. So, you know, ultimately, we want to have the entire ecosystem. Yeah. Pharmacies, labs, everybody connected. Yeah, Yeah. we've moved to long-term care. Oh, that's great. Post-acute care. We actually, most recently, uh, MANA joined our our ecosystem. They have dietitians on staff that Mm -hmm. definitely benefit from more timely data of what patients they're serving food to that have chronic conditions and what's going on with that. And Marty, just so folks appreciate and may not recognize MANA, 
share with us a little bit of a snapshot of MANA. So MANA actually provides food delivery service to chronically ill patients all across this region. Right. And they were using some data to really target the diet and diet restrictions of some of those patients. When they learned that we had real-time data and could offer them access to their longitudinal health record view, right. they became ecstatic that that was something they could even better tailor the diet restrictions and more timely, yep. and also knew just the latest health status of yep. that patient, which they weren't getting before. And the benefit is the dietitians are starting to become more part of the care team, yep. contributing data back to the yeah. EMR so other providers can see that as well. Take me through you know, kind of a typical process and what happens at a medical facility, whether it's a hospital or a clinic, when they get information through the health exchange. They're starting to receive information, and the way we provide the information is not a separate portal to log into, so they have one more screen to go to. We're trying to keep the provider, the clinician, all within workflow. So we're trying to keep it into their electronic health record, in workflow, so alert information is available right in that workflow when they need it. So mm -hmm. all of that is getting funneled to them there. Now, some of that information does require some triaging or having someone separate, maybe from the clinician, to really look at the data and, and start to divvy up what to do with the information right. so providers know which patients to follow up with or what's going on with their high-risk patients and so on. And that makes perfect sense because, you know, it's one thing to provide the data, but it's another thing to actually do something with the data. And it sounds like the team has really thought through that process. But also, I love the fact that you mentioned earlier, Marty, that it's not a system that deters people from participating with some sort of click-through fee that's attached to each one, which I would think would be a deterrent. It's, right. it's just part of your normal operating business that provides you additional information to provide better care uh, for the outcome. Correct. Now, are we sending too much data time, right? You hear that feedback as yeah. well. So part of our next step is can we distill the data down to make it more meaningful for that particular event, what's going on at that point in time with the patient? Sure. I suspect relevancy and value go hand in hand. Absolutely. Yeah. So one of the things that we at Select Greater Philadelphia focus on is business attraction, as, as you all know. And we encourage companies to establish and grow businesses here. And part of that is acquiring health insurance, frankly. And, and Independence Blue Cross is, is one of the organizations that would likely be a healthcare provider for a company that sets up shop here. And how does that play in from your view, Rich, uh, as a representative of Independence, but also as a medical professional, when you think about the applicability of the health share? Yeah, so obviously Philadelphia is a great place to do business. I live here. I work here. It's, it's got to be a great place, right? That's right. We have centers of excellence in, in virtually every diagnosis here in Philadelphia. That can be good and bad, right? If, if the information is in silos, it, it can be bad. But the way we've connected everybody, the information is flowing, and people are using that information to provide better care, better coordinated care to patients to the point of how do care managers use that data when they get it, you know, real time? A care manager at Independence Blue Cross or a care manager at a hospital or in a physician office, when they get the notice within seconds after a patient hits the emergency room, can pick up the phone and talk to the ER doc and say, look, I just saw them yesterday in the office. I adjusted their meds, and maybe I adjusted them too much. Mm -hmm. Or here's what I know about the patient. I just did an EKG. And there's a lot of you know person-to-person -person exchange of information happens. And secondly, when our care managers and or physician office care managers 
understand that a patient was in the emergency room, they can follow up. It's mm-hmm. really important to follow up. Make sure the patient's taking their medications correctly. And a lot of times that didn't happen when you didn't receive real-time prompts from emergency rooms that a patient was in there ill. So how does it impact the business? I would say that for most companies that come to Philadelphia next to your salaries, mm-hmm. this, the second biggest line item that you're worried about in your P&L is the cost of health care. Right. And we believe so much in value-based care that our contracts with the provider community have moved from being fee-for-service to being value-based contracts. That's an important distinction because if the physicians and the hospitals have risk, downside risk, if they don't manage care by giving patients timely access, coordinating their care, providing high-quality care at an affordable rate, right. then you know they're not going to do well with these contracts. So they're really excited about getting the data real-time in order to manage patients. So what does it mean for an employer? I think, number one, the rate of rise of health care costs in Philadelphia are going to be lower than they are elsewhere, number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, I think the experience that patients are going to get here in Philadelphia, because the information follows the patient is going to be better than in most other communities where care is more fragmented and not connected like it is here in Philadelphia. And then finally, third, as a result of having all this connected data, I really expect that health care costs will be mitigated for each individual employer that chooses to come here and bring their employees to Philadelphia. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more with you, Rich. And it's the management of health care also includes the management of health care costs. And it's a really important factor. I want to wrap up with a, with a touch point on really what I would call the spirit of what has underscored this whole initiative of the health share exchange. And to me, that's collaboration. And that really defines Philadelphia's DNA. The diversity of this region is really similar in the diversity of health share and its members, right? We have a lot of different entities that are participating in us that have a variety of needs and are caring for different types of patients. I talked a little bit about this collaboration platform and enabling more collaboration, and I couldn't agree with you more. It's been such a refreshing uh, environment to work in to see competitors coming together sharing ideas, sharing ways to use the data in new and different ways, and providing this asset, this collaboration platform as an enabler to do that. That's been very refreshing. I think that gets into a little bit about where we're heading next. We're a bit dialed into the Chamber and the Health Innovation Collaborative and some of the regional initiatives that they're focused on, and they have the same set of stakeholders that we do, so it just makes sense that we're sort of integrated into that conversation. So we're doing a lot of things to kind of promote the asset, leverage the asset, and build out further collaboration. Yeah, I think the, the you alluded to public-private partnership uh, earlier, yeah. and I think that has fueled the spirit of collaboration as well. You couple the public-private partnership with a rich array of academic facilities here in Philadelphia. We do a lot of research here in Philadelphia. We do a lot of creating, creating new drugs, new approaches to care delivery. And so the spirit of entrepreneurial innovation coupled with academics where you're trying to validate the credibility of a a drug or a test or a procedure and get general buy-in, I think all fuel the spirit of collaboration. 
this is not the only collaboration that we have going on in Philadelphia. That's right. I mean, right? I mean, the Healthcare Improvement Foundation's history as well, everybody in the ecosystem working together is kind of the spirit of Philadelphia. Absolutely. And, you know, there are many examples of that where competitors have come together to work on whether it's brain cancer and solving that problem or, you know, any number of other things, including some of the newest gene therapies and and so on. Very exciting city to be in and one where I think collaboration is really core to how we think. Absolutely. And you, Rich Snyder, are one of the reasons why it is an exciting city to be in. Folks, we've been talking with Rich Snyder, who uh, is the chief medical officer at Independence Blue Cross. And Independence and Rich were one of the early leaders that helped to bring together a team of collaborators to create the Health Share Exchange. And we've been joined by Marty Lupinetti. And we're really thrilled that you each have taken time to be with us here on Growing Greater Philadelphia to share with us more insight into this unique initiative. Marty, thanks for being here. Rich, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having us. Our Growing Greater Philadelphia podcast is brought to us by many of our investors and partners, including Stradley Ronin. They're a proud investor of Select Greater Philadelphia, and their more than 200 attorneys represent private and public companies in everything from sophisticated corporate transactions to complex litigation. You can learn more at stradley.com. And by Independence Blue Cross, a leading health insurance company offering health plans from managed care, Medicare, and Medicaid, and they have over 10,000 dedicated employees right here in Greater Philadelphia. You can learn more about Independence Blue Cross at ibx.com. Check out all of our podcasts and be sure to tune in Friday mornings, 5 a.m., Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Thanks for listening to Growing Greater Philadelphia. Growing Greater Philadelphia.